in Italy, we have built a family here where every single person that works on our property started from the beginning. So we became this big family. And for me, the most important thing is to say thank you every day when I see them. Hi, I'm Melanie Barr. Welcome to the She Built It Experience with Melanie. Join me as I talk to women who have successfully built it, a career and business that they love. We dive into the topic of how they built it and talk about everything from having the courage to make career leaps to the details of how to lead effectively, create successful teams, implement strategies for growth, and infuse tech innovation. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. So let's dive in. Thank you so much for joining us. You are the owner-operator of Casalvento Winery and a luxury hotel bed and breakfast in Tuscany. What did you do before you launched your businesses and what led you to launch them? How it all started was that I married an American who was first generation born in the Bronx from Italian immigrants. They met on the ship going to the land of freedom to the United States and landed in New York. And they immigrated, they grew up very poor in the Bronx, and he was the second youngest of seven of them, and he always promised himself he would make it from the wreck to the riches, he would buy a property in Italy. So his dream came true. His parents came from Naples and Benevento, and we were about to buy something in Capri, and the deal fell through. My husband made his money in the car industry. His friends were living in Tuscany on vacation homes. And we came to visit them. And a long story to behold, my husband decided not to go down to Naples, but buy a home in Tuscany. We are in the heart of the Chianti Classico region. And when we first bought the house, six months into it, when everybody asks us to leave, that they can rebuild and uh, when the contractors are coming in, they, we get a phone call from a lawyer in Florence telling us the property came with Chianti Classical rights. So, of course, we had no idea what that meant. It meant that the property had rights to plant grapes. At that time, you were still able to sell the rights and embed this into a different winery. We decided not to sell our rights, but to start our own vineyards. That's how it started. Isn't it interesting how you go down a path? He thought he wanted one property and didn't get it, but you got this property and what a beautiful place it has turned into. It really is God-blessed. We are on the top of the hill overlooking Siena going down. I mean, the view is endless here. We are like 650 meters high. And when they first started planting, everybody thought those silly Americans planting grapes that high in altitude. But now with the climate change and everything, it turned out it was the best thing we ever could have done. And you showed me the view. It is incredibly beautiful. Yeah, it is. I'm blessed every day when I wake up. It's like you're in heaven. The other thing is too, Italy is a place where people are very laid back, but they're all happy and they always have a smile on their face. And every time in the morning, I cannot wait for an employees to come to work because they make me happy. They come with a smile. In addition to your businesses, you are also the author of the book, Casa Levento, House of the Wind, where romance and family secrets intertwine in a breathtaking Tuscan vineyard, a romantic fiction set in real life. Share with us the story of your book and what led you to write it. It started out that my husband was diagnosed with an illness. 
And that kind of illness that he had was not reversible. So he was diagnosed with dementia later on Alzheimer's. If people have loved ones who have the issue, they fully understand that you no longer are your own person because you become a caretaker. And being a caretaker also means that you have to be next to this person constantly. I wrote for my own self, for my serenity. And when he became so ill, I spoke to my mom of what I should do. And she said to me, Gudrun, go back to what you did before. Start to write and play music. And she says, just write your thoughts down. So I made up those characters. And then while writing and making up these characters, slowly but surely, I realized that I was not only writing in the characters that I invented, but slowly but surely, Erica became Gudrun. I wanted to write something. You all get so lost in life. New York is so busy and you do your everyday chores. You never really see the rainbow. You don't smell the roses. You forget. But in your own way, when you are in the business world, you think this is normal. So with Erica, she has not really known her grandparents and her parents passed away when she was 18. Her fiancé, who she went to the university, her family basically took her in and they created a completely different person than she was before. But for her, it became normal. Her fiancé, Craig, finally decided it's time for us to get married. So she's 30, he's 35. They're riding escalates of the high society in New York. He is a real estate attorney and she is a woman who has a company with her friend Tiffany together to turn distressed companies around. So they're all happy until this registered letter arrives in her office. And first she just puts it in her bag and late in the evening when she meets Greg as she does every night, she remembers and she opens up the letter and it says that she inherited something in Italy. So she knew that her grandparents came from Italy, but she didn't really know anything about it and didn't know the history of her life story. So she convinces Craig to go to Italy and she arrives here not knowing what she would expect. And what she found was something amazing. Still not knowing what to do and having a marriage coming up and with Craig being in love with him as she thinks she is, she decides that she would like to sell everything. So the people here in Italy are trying to make everything comfortable for her because they don't want her to sell the properties. Then she finds out that Casalvento was not a far relative, but it was actually her grandfather. When they go to the notary, thinking that she was going to go and get the properties that she can sell them. There was an unexpected twist to the story that she has to live there for five months. And after the five months, to live the life of what the grandfather lived, to get to know the family, to get to know the history and why he came back from the United States. And there are letters that she will have, five of them, explaining all of the steps. So she decides to go and jump into that. Of course, the marriage has to be on hold. So she's, I just need one week to go back to the States to explain this to, to my fiance of what to do. And when she comes back to the States, she finds that her fiance actually is not as faithful as she thought. He was in the end with Tiffany. So it makes her decision much easier to go back. And from that moment on, she starts to live actually a live different life become a different person, become cheerful, happy, smells the roses, sees the sunset, 
in a different way. And in the States, when she woke up in the morning, it was always so stressful. Every Monday was stressful. And here, she cannot go to bed and then wake up in the morning and challenge, have faces the challenges of the days. Such a fun and beautiful story. And what a wonderful thing your mother said to you to write. I'm sure it was very therapeutic for you going through what you were going through. And as I was reading about your book, I wondered how much of the story was part of your real story. I wanted to bring something across to so many people because you forget the simple things in life. In America, and especially where I live in a place, Palm Beach, and in New York, everything is so different. In Italy, we have built a family here where every single person that works on our property started from the beginning. So we became this big family. And for me, the most important thing is to say thank you every day when I see them. We have now the second generation from the first couple who started working for us. And they actually have a little boy called Roberto after my husband. He's now 10 years old and they all live on the property. And when COVID hit, I was stuck in Austria and we were just about to open up the hotel. And of course, we couldn't. And everyone was so afraid to lose their jobs. And I said, listen, get everybody together and make a strategy on what we can do. And some of the people who work for us come from Romania, from Estonia, from different parts of the world. And I said, what have you done before? I was a painter, I was an electrician. I said, listen, this is easy. Now, what we're going to do is you cannot leave the property. We are completely self-contained. We have our vegetables, we have our water but we repaint and refresh everything. And when this period passes, then we open up with the glory. And that's what we did. So that one person lost its job, everybody stayed there, not one of us had COVID because they all were cooped up on the properties. (laughs) (laughs) It really is the small things that are the most meaningful. And I love the true appreciation from you and from your team. Me too. And the devotion that they have to me, and especially when my husband got so sick, and this is a man's world, the wine world is a man's world, but they accepted me as a female, and I worked with them out in the field, I worked with them in a cantina, I drive the tractor, I learned how to cook, but it's an overall new experience for me, and even I became a completely different person, and I love myself more now than I did before. Running multiple businesses as an author and the owner of a thriving vineyard, organic farm, and luxury bed and breakfast, how do you manage it all? And what keeps you motivated to keep moving forward? The motivation, of course, are the people who surround me. That's number one. The second thing, I believe that in order to be successful in life, you cannot be an I person. You have to be a V person. Like a tree with beautiful green apples. And sometimes there's one apple that has a worm in it. And if you find this kind of a situation, you need to deal with this in a simple way, in a good way, but you need to let this green apple with the worms go because otherwise it will interrupt with the everyday operation of the company. And with me not living here all the time and traveling, it is very important communication and uh, to delegate. And everything funnels down to me because I'm the person overall responsible for every single person's life who lives and works on this property. Never explain and never complain. So you look at things and then you make a judgment. 
and never rush into a judgment. Overthink it, let a night go by, and then write the things down, the positive and the negatives, the pro and the cons, and then you make the decision. The other thing, I don't buy green bananas anymore. So try to do your best of what you can do to make the best product that you can make. And that's what I've been trying to do. Such good advice. And I call it marinating on a decision. When you're not quite sure, it's so important to take that time to really know before you move forward. It's the EQ, not the IQ. It's emotional intelligence, but not the IQ or the intelligence that you need to have. Mm-hmm. Because you are in this small little world and binaries are very competitive. And especially if there's a foreigner in, especially if there's a woman in charge. When it comes to winemaking, did you always have a passion for it? And was there anything about the winemaking process that you liked the best or that surprised you? Funny enough, I did not drink any wine before. I come from a family where my grandparents were building wine cellars in the southern part of Styria in Austria. And we also owned a beer brewing company. My husband was the one who really introduced me to the wine, the drinking part, because he was a wine collector. And when we decided that we were going to go and build a vineyard in Casalento, the first idea was that another winery would come in and then take care of the vineyards. But going through the stages of the excavation work, of choosing the grapes, the style of growing, all of the little things of the daily process, I became so intrigued by it that at the end, after four years, you know, I would be a part of this whole society of the winemaking. And then he said, but this will not work if another winery would come in. So we spoke to many people and we decided that we need to have an analogist, an agronomist. And with the help of those two, with helps of people, I'm very close friends to a lady, her name is Virginia Phillips. And she was the first master sommelier in the United States. So she took me under her wings and many other people that were my husband's friend in the wine industry. And from that, it became a passion. I love it. What I love the most of this whole process is that you really cannot control it because you are in the mercy of the gods. The weather through the year, from the beginning to the end, the maturity in all of that, that is something which is very interesting in my point of view. As a business person, too with having control over so many things. It's interesting to watch something unfold that we really don't have control over. No, mm-mm. It has to be a bit of a peaceful feeling, I would think. Yes. Honestly, when I first started, I was an apprentice. So I cleaned the barrels and ants. I get dirty. I cut the green harvest. And there's one thing that I found out that everybody says, what is a good wine? So a good wine is what you enjoy to drink. Because we all have a very different taste. There are different varieties of grapes. There's different way of growing a grape. To make a bottle of wine, you need the grapes and you need the terroir and you need to ferment. And then you make the decision in the wine cellar of what you want to do with it. So in my point of view, there's never really a bad bottle of wine because every winemaker is trying its best and everybody's getting more and more sophisticated in the winemaking. And also here in Italy, I believe that we have grown in the last 30 years tremendously because everybody knows us still as a straw bottle and the sour tasting wine. And now when you 
tastes our wines of Tuscany, of Chianti, of Umbria, and all of these different areas, the winemaking has exploded in a positive and amazing way. And it's so beautiful to share a nice bottle of wine with good food and good friends. Yes, that's what it is. A get-together, an il trovo. That's what you do. The first thing that people need to know that there is only one way of making the wine from the grapes, from the growing process, when you watch the grapes growing and then the turning from green to red and the picking time starts, then you brought, bring them into the, the wine cell, into cantina. And then the process of that part starts. It's a completely different part of the process. Then the vineyards go to sleep for a couple of months. And I always say it's amazing the process of the grape, from the grape going into the bottle. And then us consumers sharing it, ordering it, and drinking it with friends and with a good meal. I ask this question at the end of every episode. Magic happens when we focus on the part of ourselves and our business that brings us joy. What is one way that you make sure to find and live your joy? I go to bed happy because for me, it's important. I think it's also for other people important to have a project to do something because if you just think around the whole day, you go to bed sad. But I work every single day, so I go to bed and I'm tired. And I fall asleep and I cannot wait to wake up in the morning. The other parts along the way, what I enjoy the most is when people come and do wine tours and we do wine tours and you get to meet all of these different people from the different parts of the world to come to Tuscany, to enjoy the place, to love the foods and drink the wine. And my job and my ultimate dream is when they order the wines, and when they are back home and they have the memory of their great, amazing vacation, some of them rekindling the marriage, some of them just before they're getting married, some of them on their honeymoons, some of them just with friends. But when they then, after the three or four weeks pass by and the wine arrives in their houses and then they open up the bottle of wine, and they always say like a little genie of the bottle comes out and they can go back to the memories that they had, the Tuscany had to offer to them. That is so beautiful. And to know that you will extend the beauty and the passion after they leave. Yeah. What makes us all together in our team amazing is when we put our hard work and our hard labor to make this great bottle of wine. And then you send them out to the wine spectator, decanter, and to all of these wine enthusiasts. We are not established in generations. We are, we are just the first baby young winery here. And then you receive a score of 92 points, or you receive the score of best account selection of Tuscan with 97 points. That is something that just absolutely, it's overwhelming. And I share this with all our employees, and everybody gets to hear what's up new, what's coming next, what is new on the property, and all of the characters at the end, then my readers will read the book. They actually exist. This is a really funny story because my girl in the house has been with me since 1997. Her name is Deborah, and she's from Nigeria. Married an Italian, has a beautiful daughter. I had to change her name. And I changed her name and I said to her what her new name is going to be. She says, screw up. 
I said, see, please, no, no. I want to choose my own name. And I said, then what would be your name? She says, I want to be Doris. And I said, Deborah, Doris, doesn't look Italian, <laughs> doesn't sound Nigerian. I love Doris. I want to be a Doris. I said, okay, fine. Deborah, you're going to become Doris. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to read it. Oh, she's so funny. That's such a fun story. You have built a beautiful life and good for you for being such a strong woman in a male industry. And it has been so fun to talk to you. I cannot wait to read your book. Please tell us how and where we can find you. The book is available on Amazon. And of course, you can go to gutronquillo.com. And it's also are available at Barnes & Noble in every bookstore throughout the United States. Thank you for joining us today. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out to me at hello at shebuiltit.com on our She Built It website or at She Built It on social. Thank you to my editor, Rich Streffolino, who always makes us sound good. Until next time, let nothing stop you from experiencing the life and business that you crave.